I'm Jordan. I'm Emily. And today we're going to be talking about something that we had mentioned to each other last week. Um, Really just like got into the topic of girls hating on girls and just like where this stemmed from. And like when we were talking about this, we really thought about Megan Fox, the queen herself. And we realized that when we were growing up, we hated her. Yeah. So we wanted to start at the very beginning with childhood, take a look at maybe some of the things that had an effect on, you know, this vicious cycle that seems to happen with women. And for me, I definitely noticed there was this trend with the older generation of women in my life or in the media that there was just so much women hating women. There's really no other way to put it. There was I never really saw a lot of women uplifting women. Every talk show, the media, like the the magazines that were being sold to us at that time, especially, and women in your everyday life, I don't really remember a time where there was like, oh, she's so beautiful and it being just this positive thing. It was always not just about Megan Fox. I mean, in general, like there were so many stars at that time. Britney Spears is another great example, but just tearing them down and picking out how they couldn't be perfect to make clearly just to make ourselves feel better but with Megan Fox there was always what work she had done and and these covers just taking apart her face or her body at such a young age and women did it too we they would just in my experience it was just like oh she's not all that because this this and that or why would she ever wear that there was a lot of slut shaming as well that was like a huge part of my childhood experience that like I remember pretty deeply like just one day I remember realizing like huh I've never really feel feel like I've seen these women older women especially like happy for for especially younger beautiful women you know have you, do you have any like relation to that? Have you felt that at all in your childhood or even now? Yeah, I definitely feel like growing up in school, just watching shows and everything like that, it was always projected to me that there had to be a group of mean girls or something like that. And I I, I watch this like in shows and movies. So when I went to school, I ex- expected this and it wasn't like that. But just because I grew up with this notion, I was thinking, oh, I have to hate girls or not like just like hate, but like don't like them because I have to compete with them to like survival of the fittest in a way. I had the idea that if another girl is doing the same thing as me, then I can't like her because there isn't enough space for me to do that too. And that's just like not the uh, case. And I think the fact that I grew up thinking this is because this is really just like embedded in our societal structure for like women to have women hate on women makes us divided in a way. And that's, I feel like the goal, because when women are divided, then how can we rise? You know, men stay at at the uh, top. A big part of why women hate on women, because we see things in women, whether that's the way they look or the way that they present themselves, we just see that and we think, oh, I I want that and I can't have that. So let me just hate her. I think that's a lot of what we did with 
Megan Fox growing up, especially she was slut shamed. I didn't really like her because I didn't really know what to like except for what they put in the media, which was honestly geared towards straight men. They didn't give her an image that was respectable, I feel like, and they didn't want that even though Megan Fox was respectable then and she is now. I think it's interesting that you're talking about how she was truly marketed towards men because Jennifer's body, I feel like, has gotten a lot of hype again recently. The film, for those who have seen it, and I feel like a lot of people know now, it's like a feminist horror film. It was filmed in 2009. It came out in 2009. And now it's so much more appreciated than it ever was then. And the reason why is because that the marketing failed that film. The film itself is a feminist horror film about a woman eating (laughs) boys. Yeah. And it was marketed towards those boys. (laughs) Yeah. That's how they marketed the the posters that I saw. It's like her just like as a sexy school girl. Mm -hmm. And then in the film, she's like this monster. I mean, it's awesome. And yeah. Also, I was talking to my friend about it, like we're both bi and we were like, yeah, that was a sexual awakening of sorts, Mm -hmm. like the the film with her and Needy in the bedroom. And that also was the whole trailer was her and the best friend like making out in the bedroom. It was just the marketing failed the film so much. And it's because everybody assumed that Megan Fox's demographic and just who was going to want to see Megan Fox was was these boys. Mm-hmm. And they were not into the film. They were horrified by it because <laughs> um, that's probably their worst nightmare come to life. And it, it flopped really bad. But luckily, <laughs> it found its way back up. Have you seen the film? Like, have you? Yeah. I... What's your experience? I'll, I'll ask. Yeah, I I saw it years ago and I loved it. Like I loved it so much. <laughs> and I I didn't watch the movie trailer before, which I think maybe was like good, you know, um but I loved the movie. I thought she did great in it. I definitely think though that the way that they gave it to people was just like so wrong and I still wonder, though, if they did like the right like message with if people would have, you know, took it the right way. Yeah, that is an interesting like thought. Like, I wonder had it gotten the right marketing when when it came out, like Mm -hmm. what we would think of it now. But yeah, I, I watched an interview on her explaining how she was very obviously aware of the way she was sexualized, yeah. the way that the people that she was working with viewed her. And she said, even when her, and I believe the actress's name, she's super famous, Needy in the film. I think her name's Amanda. Uh, yeah, Amanda Seyfried. I don't know how to say Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. They knew while filming the scene, like this is going to be the trailer. Mm-hmm. They were very well aware. And that's super sad to think about too. These very talented actresses, are being portrayed this way you know and it's just I just think it's really interesting and heartbreaking because Mm -hmm. she did a great job in this film they both did but especially Megan Mm -hmm. 
in this way that she wasn't that it wasn't all that it was sexy at times but it was also scary and kind of gross (laughs) she was throwing up like god knows what she was a demon you know Mm -hmm. like um and yeah I think that also I was doing a lot of research into the film and got more and deeper into it there was a lot of symbolism for this toxic friendship between Needy and Jennifer. Jennifer could have anybody she wanted and and she would go for like something that Needy was interested in or something. You know, it was always like that typical like catty mean girl thing. And yeah, it was seemingly very, it started from a very young age with them. Just this competition that that they felt they had to be in. And it's like, again, it's this perfect perfect example of like these two very beautiful women who have no reason to compete, but just doing it anyway. Well, Needy wasn't truly com- seemingly competing as much as Jennifer was. Um, but yeah, that whole like toxic friendship that was involved in it as well, yeah. I think has, you know, really can resonate with that childhood experience that we saw. And again, and like, it's just another example of how in the media women are portrayed to hate each other, you know? And you know, I think the reason I feel like, well, I definitely had like this mindset um, when I was more younger, like in middle school, but in high school, I didn't really think really about like bringing women down. I had more of like a positive mindset, to be honest. Like I didn't want to really have like these, these, these bad thoughts about women when I didn't need to, because that brought my spirit down, honestly. And I mean, it's, it came with being more secure in myself. I didn't feel the need to make myself feel better with bringing another person down because one, that's not fair to that person who (laughs) probably doesn't even know that I'm saying these are things and then two it's just it's not a healthy habit honestly because it's not a healthy habit honestly because I think that it's good to embrace people I think that it's good to celebrate women and I think honestly I just had like a really internal journey with Maya self because I I just I came to a point where I just wanted to embrace Maya peers like I, I wanted to root for them and not have it feel weird and awkward like I wasn't supposed to and honestly in high school it definitely did still feel a little weird because not everyone was doing that I definitely had the mindset that being nice and open was the way to go than than rather being mean and closed. I definitely think that helped me embrace Maya self more. And like from then to now, I feel just so much better about Maya self. And there isn't even a question of whether or not I'm going to um, cheer for one of my peers or just like a, a stranger that's a woman because I'm here for everyone, you know, I want to see other women succeed, you know, I see a space for them and Maya self. I really like that. Um, I think it's interesting that you said you had an internal journey, because I think I had more of the external experience, um, kind of that shifting moment where 
you branch off from what your parents think, you know, like mm-hmm. of like, oh, women, hating women is all you know. Um, and my experience started, I was think I was in eighth grade and um, I was, there was like a senior, like so, an older boy that was attract, in, interested in me and hitting on me and made that very public um, in my school. And at the time I was super flattered. I was like, oh, you know, he likes me. Like, yay, <laughs> I must be really special if somebody older than me, that older than me likes me, which is again, that's a whole nother topic. But um, so long story short, like teachers and staff and obviously students had like knowledge about this. And I just remember hearing about a teacher pretty young Um, who I liked, who I kind of looked up to, Mm -hmm. who was like, called me, I think either a whore or like was just talking badly about me to some of my classmates. And I honestly, at the time I was, I was 13. I didn't, I thought of myself as like a different 13 year olds. I was like, I'm not, this isn't weird you know this yeah I'm not the you know everybody else it's alarming but not me you know that's kind of what my mindset was which is every probably yeah 13 year old girl's mindset in that kind of situation but looking as I kind of got older um not even that much older I, I would say within the next year or two I became more aware of that situation and and how it affected me um and how it made me feel knowing that it was really I was alone because there was no one that said that no 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 female teacher or any teacher but especially thinking of like just women nobody said to me like hey this is wrong. You know, it was just like talking behind my back as, as adult woman. I, I just, I felt very failed. I felt yeah, very for sure. Um, unseen and pushed to the side <clears throat> and, or not unseen, but just not seen in the right way. Yeah. And exactly. um, I think that's when I had this like moment of wanting so badly for women not to feel the way like that woman made me feel Mm -hmm. and so I became like really supportive sometimes to I will say that I became super support it was like a journey even in that because there were women who were not good to me that I would just like keep on (laughs) you know like you're the best and you're the greatest and like it was like my god you know they're so bad to you (laughs) you don't have to you know you don't have to be like overtly super supportive and kind to like people who aren't you know Mm -hmm. reciprocating that energy it doesn't have to be negative by any means I'm not saying that you know it's I believe in killing with kindness all the way but you know yeah at a certain point I do think there was like I should have been protecting my own energy but yeah that was definitely my experience in high school and the confidence didn't come really until a bit after that because I don't know. I was, I think I was like being slut shamed and, and that, that kind of stuff, especially when you're younger. Um, 
it's hard to really know what your comp like where the confidence should come from because yeah. having confidence in just looks because that's really all that I had valued myself at at that point it's it's pretty fragile you know I would have a pimple and then I'd be like my whole world is over yeah <laughs> you know like well there goes all my value yeah <laughs> because of one pimple um so yeah I think mine came more from just not wanting to make people make women especially feel the way that I had felt yeah so now being in this present moment of being older having experience you know with Mm -hmm. men women every everything um I I feel really connected in, in a way to Megan Fox and I don't mean that in a cocky way or anything like that because you know she's a queen but like I I definitely feel like emotional towards her experience because I even though we were really young so we weren't really at the forefront of this like hatred movement that she experienced it Mm -hmm. still feels really sad that she did and that I know that I know I had some part in it you know even if I was seven years old or whatever I think it's really admirable how even after the kind of like hate that she received she's still so open to her fans Mm -hmm. like after what because again the media shamed her to just shut up they didn't want to hear what she had to say and they made that very clear her again her work everything was just telling her like you are just a body Jennifer's body Mm -hmm. like you are literally just the body that's all we want to see we don't want to hear what you have to say and when she spoke out about her experience with a a certain like very famous producer um yeah Michael Bay she was blacklisted yeah yeah Michael Bay she was blacklisted think about Megan Fox like she wasn't in that much work after Transformers because yeah because of that because she said like he literally sexualized her (laughs) and made her very uncomfortable like I definitely after learning that I went back and I went back to like the first movie because I think that's definitely you know it's that's when it first happened and uh, like it's insane like he definitely did like her character didn't have as much depth as could have and mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really just like insane and you know she got so much hate and the fact that they took his side again like shows like the uh, time and everything mm-hmm. but I mean, looking to like now, like I watched her movie till death and I loved it. Like she did so like great in it. And I think that it was great that they let her act. <laughs> and I feel like as if for, for an actor, you know, that's a given. But for her, I feel like that's that's not. And it, it's, it's mm-hmm. a shame. Um, New Girl, I loved her in that. She did so yeah. like I loved that so much. There was also this an, another movie that I watched with her called Night Teeth, and um, she played like this vampire like boss basically of in this vampire society ish thing. She did really well, and I honestly wish that, that they gave her more screen time. And I don't know why that all was, but I mean, I just love seeing her in any part. She was put in this box, you know, of being like just sexy. And that's what women, women are placed in boxes. It's hard for like them to be multidimensional, you know, it's mm-hmm. like you can be sexy or you can be smart. 
or, you know, you can be talented and a good actress, or you can be the sex symbol who doesn't talk, you know? And it's like, why can't she is, she is insanely beautiful. Like, yeah, she should be celebrated. That should be celebrated, but so should her really talented acting skills. And like her personality is awesome as well. And we're just getting to see that. And I'm just really excited as a fan to see her blossom. So I know we've been talking a lot about women against women and, um, you know, kind of the, the struggles that women have to go through independently. Um, but I also wanted to touch upon, I think, the way that it could be more of a deeper issue, something that has been passed down from generation to generation in a way. Um, and this is just my personal perspective. I don't want to say that this is like scientific data or anything like that, but I was watching Little Women and there's this pretty famous line that I think Amy says, and she's there, she, her and Timothy Chalamet, I don't remember his character's name, but they are arguing about if she should marry this really wealthy man who she doesn't love. And he's he's just super disappointed in her. You know, he's like, oh, you know, why would you do this? And then she says, marriage is an economic proposition for women. And I just, it hit me like really hard because I think, you know, when you think back to the women's movement um, and how it's still going on today, like, I don't even think about that stuff. I didn't think about that like too hard. I mean, it just, I think about it, like, I can't even imagine being in that spot and that pressure and that like, again, it's competition. Like your competition is other women because you're all fighting for the best prize being like, a, I guess, a wealthy man. And hopefully you love him. Like that was really, that was just a, a nice plus of the time, you know, but yeah, I think women were put in this situation where it was hard for them to be united. Like we were talking about earlier. Um, yeah. Because this was really a survival of the fittest kind of thing. It was a single, you couldn't both marry. Well, I guess, well, in this situation, we're going to say you couldn't both marry like the same guy. So it was very much every man for themselves <clears throat> in a way. And I think, again, just my opinion, but I definitely think that that trickles down in literally your DNA. When something traumatic like that happens, it doesn't just go away. You know, it's not something that just like time heals completely. I think there has to be work done. And I feel that it's happening that work of like unlearning these deep rooted issues in, in, inside of us. Um, and there's definitely a long way to go. Um, so looking at it from a more scientific kind of point of view, trying to get a deeper, clearer, again, scientific answer possibly towards why women treat women this way. I turned to Maslow's hierarchy of needs. So this is, for those who don't know, it's pretty much, um, like a pyramid of, different needs human beings like have in order to feel I guess an overall accomplished but like accomplished and also literally like to survive if that makes sense um so there's the need of there's like psychological needs with just like the very basics of eating sleeping etc there's the safety need you know like habitat animalistic kind of safety um and then the the next need goes to like loving and belonging um 
you have esteem and then the highest um the highest need is self-actualization which i don't really think we can get into with this topic because <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of self-actualization for women at that time because they didn't get to do what they really truly desired they had one choice um but going into esteem and going into safety belonging etc um their only option really was marriage in order to yeah. achieve esteem in order to achieve safety and also psychological needs of eating sleeping in a warm bed having clothes on their back in the winter you know being able to provide for their family um i also think you know at that time once women really didn't have any rights ever yeah. um they were their father's property and then they became their husband's property and so again, it's hard to, they never really got to fully, most women never really got to get that full self-actualization accomplishment that all human beings desire, which yeah. is traumatic in itself. And so they desired deeply, I'm sure, this feeling of esteem, of love, of true love and belonging and safety. Um, because at any moment, they could be very unsafe and have no protection you know? Yeah. Uh, like they had no rights. It, like there was nothing stopping men from doing very, very evil things. So honestly, I love what, what you have said. I think it totally makes sense. And women back then they needed men. And I feel like now we don't need men, but we still live in like a society that's built around this notion that we need men. So it's kind of like, this fight between do we need men do we not need need men but we we don't and I feel like I experience this every day where I come in contact with a man who either it's at work or at school like in in my classes where they assume that I don't know how to do something or they assume that I need their uh, help like, <laughs> I think it's, it's, it's crazy, honestly, because I'm not assuming that about a, a man. So why would they as assume that about me? It all comes down to the fact that we're not equal. So in a way, I don't expect some men, I'm not talking about like all men, but I'm not expecting like some men to see me as able-bodied because our societal structure does not allow for that. And getting in more to like my um, experience, I worked at a job in the summer. I talked about this a little bit in the last episode, but the person that I was working for, he was a man. Um, and it was really hard because I went in there as a designer and I have a degree and he knows this, but he still assumes that I didn't know how to do the basic things. In my mind, I said, I, every day I would go in there and I would just like expect this. And there's also, because I worked for him, there was a limit to how, to what I could uh, say and what I could do. And <laughs> it definitely got to the point, of course, where I, uh, I quit and then I quit and I went to a job as a juicer and I'm there now and I'm happier there. But when I explained this to him, he questioned my ability to know what I want in life. He was like, 
how could you go to that when, when you're here? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, it makes more a sense for you to be here. But it's just the fact that he thought that he had a right to what I should do with, with my life. That was insane. So, yeah, I got myself out of that situation. But, I mean, I experienced this still every day. Other, it's just like a short exchange with the man when I'm t- taking his order you know, he may talk down to me. And that's honestly, as a woman in today, that's just something that you have to expect and you have to deal with and you have to choose your times to speak up and really tell them off. And you also have to choose your times not to, because sometimes when you speak up, it gets taken in the wrong way to the fact that they see you as this stereotype basically especially being black you know there's a stereotype of basically you know black women are loud and um mean in a way and it's just like I have to think about that when I go to when I go into like an exchange where like I want to speak up um so yeah and honestly like we are working towards um just a better society for a woman, but also in a way it hasn't changed that much from like the 1920s and even before that. And it's just, I honestly feel like it's kind of like men's part too. Like that's, yeah, it's, they need to see this and hear us and be like, I have this like power in this society, let me, let me help. Let me also, let me learn ways to actually treat women where I don't bring them down. Cause I feel like a lot of men, boys, you know, whatever they talk to you and they, they don't even get that. Like what, what they're saying is just like demeaning and, um, offensive in, in some ways. So I really liked a lot of what you had to say there, Jordan. And um, when you got into talking about your experience as a Black woman and how that plays another role in, you know, how you decide to interact with men um, and I guess women as well, it definitely made me think about how a lot of what I just mentioned, I mean, with little women and just the history that of women and the hierarchy of needs and whatnot is very white centric. Um, I was looking at it. I literally quoted a white woman's, you know, experience. And I think that the experience from a white woman compared to a a woman of color is very, very different and is a whole nother episode for us because it's, I think we should, we, you know, it's a lot to, to unfold right now, but we definitely will be unfolding it. So the episode in two weeks is definitely going to be diving way deeper into um, the difference between white women's experience and a woman of color's experience um, historically and in present day. So to close out today's episode um, regarding Megan Fox and all women, I think we can all sympathize with Megan Fox and we can all kind of see a little bit of ourselves, a little bit of our own experience in hers. Um, and I, I, I think that for me, what I'm taking away from this, and I hope what um, our listeners are taking away 
is to be more gentle with yourselves and with other women. Um, you know, listen, listen to each other and support each other. Bringing it back to Megan Fox, um, we just wanted to say thank you for having us really think about the fact that we used to hate on women and, you know, some women still do, but I think it's important to have this talk with just people in your lives, whether it's friends or family. Um, Yeah. And I think that it's good to take away from this that we just need to support each, each other because there is enough space for me and you and everyone because we make that a space for ourselves. So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you guys in two weeks. (laughs) See you soon.